0: This is Rowan with Afterbirth, the fourth and more trimester, and we're doing a little pre-meeting chat about getting in fights with parents and the neighbors. Go, Mama D, tell us what happened.
1: So, um, tomorrow is supposed to be our kids like end of the year party, class party or whatever, right? So we're all in this group chat, these the parents in the class, because the teacher has asked us all to bring a little something to the school and then uh last minute the teacher said can you guys also pack uh some clothes extra clothes because the kids are gonna have a um a water gun fight and i was like what <laughs> kind of like no I'm, i i was really kind of shocked that they put that on you like the day before the next day i guess and asked us to bring water guns for our kids and I was like, I'm not okay with that. That's, that's not, no, I just, I just wasn't okay with it. I mean, another parent chimed in saying, you know, can I bring a water balloon instead? I, I prefer not to have my daughter with like a water gun. Um, and she just, and so I chimed in saying, I agree. And I put up like, a, like an alternative, which is like these like squirt, I mean, I want to say they're squirt guns, but they're not, they don't look like guns. They just like kind of squirt water out. Uh, with these little like rubber duckies on the end. I was like, this is like good. And then another parent came in and was like, well, I already bought my kid a water gun and I think it's fine. I don't know why you you guys are all overreacting. We all played with water guns when we were little and we turned out fine. It's just for fun. And then I kind of blew up. (laughs) I was like, you know, I respect your parenting ways, but don't undermine mine, you know, I don't know what it's like for her and her house, but in my house, we have guns and I don't ever want my daughter to look at a gun and think it's a toy. You know, we respect guns in our house. We use them for, for hunting. Um, we don't use them outside to play cowboys and Indians or, you know, it's just something that's like, I, I haven't had that conversation with my daughter yet. And when she sees a gun, whether it be a toy or not a toy, I want her to understand what the use is for that, the power behind it, um, and to respect it. And so I haven't had that conversation with my three-year-old. I'm not ready to have that conversation with my three-year-old. And uh, so I kind of went off on the parent, and I called my prince, the principal, and I was like, we're going to have to have a talk tomorrow morning because I'm not okay with what the teacher's First off, the teachers just decided this, you know, in less than 24 hours. And uh, the whole gun situation thing, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, we live in a different world than when we were kids. It's just not the same. I mean, I could walk down to my school when I was a kid. I'm, I'm not, I don't do that with my kids now. That's just not something I'm comfortable with. And with all the school shootings that have been happening, you know, There was like a day like when after that uh, shooting in Colorado that happened, I like cried in the parking lot when I dropped my daughter off at school because I was worried, you know, and I saw policemen outside of the school, which which brings me comfort. Like I I like that they're proactive. My my kids school is proactive and they want to protect our kids. But, you know, seeing that is a reality of what we live in. And I was like crying in the parking lot for a good 10 minutes and had to kind of calm myself down and say like you know she's okay she's she'll be safe but really we, do, we just don't know so that was my parenting fight this morning <laughs> over whatsapp chat
0: seems pretty legit to me yeah Caitlin, do you have any thoughts on that do you have do you have headphones in Caitlin?
2: not yet i'm getting them okay um, give me just two seconds But yes, I do have thoughts because we actually had a conversation with Skylar this weekend because he was playing with a Nerf gun and then pointed it at my face and I went off on him. Um, I was like, I don't care if it's a toy. You'd never point this at someone's face ever, you know. Um, And he got it pretty seriously. So just a second here. Okay, um, so he he got into some trouble, um, because we do allow some toy guns, um, but we treat them as if they are a real gun. So he's not allowed to point it at people. He's not allowed to point them, you know, at people's faces. He's not allowed to do any of that. Like he can have a Nerf gun and he can shoot it across the room, or you know, he'll um, go outside and like shoot it at bugs, things like that. But it's not, um. We aren't allowed to point them at people.
0: Did your family have guns growing up? Either, Mama D and Caitlin, either one?
2: My family did not. My dad is super, super against them. Um, we do have guns in the house because my husband hunts. Um, but otherwise, and I mean, that was when we, when we got pregnant with Skylar, we went and bought like a super heavy duty safe. Um, that has both a, like, key lock and, like, a turn Ow. lock. Um, for those, like, alone. super heavy thousand-pound bolt-to-the-floor safes. Um, because we just, it's not something we're going to mess with at all. um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had, I had guns growing up. Because my, my dad's family is a big hunting family. And I think I my dad taught me how to use a gun when I was 12. Um, And, uh, but he's always, I mean, I don't even know the safe. I have a gun and I keep it at my dad's house. I don't even know the code for that safe. It's like one of those huge, massive, you know, you could walk in it kind of safe. Um, And I don't even have the code for it. And, uh, you know, it's kept in like a, a completely different closet. That's just for hunting. And, you know, my parents are really good about having that, locked and keyed away when the kids are over um but yeah i mean my parents have always been big on gun safety i mean my dad when i was 16 made me take like a gun safety class um and even like when we're out on the ranch you know hunting he's really big about open your bolts make sure there's no- nothing in there you know um keeping being aware of where your barrel is uh, always you know because accidents can happen. And I remember one time it got really scary because my dad had took the guns out once to clean them and we got robbed. Um, and so they they ended up not taking the guns. They were just looking for like cash, I think. But it was one of those scary moments where, you know, they could have possibly taken those guns and done some harm with them. Um, you know, or sold them to someone who could have done harm. So anyways, it is something that we do take seriously in our house, but we also, you know, have tradition, I guess, you could say.
0: Got it, got it. When my kids were little, I think we we had... Well, first of all, water guns suck because they always start leaking and they don't work for very long. So the only time I can remember even having a water gun with my kids were little was one of those huge super soakers, but mostly because I had a dog that was really kind of afraid of the super soakers. So we would have, when I Dr. Blythe and I had a small house when she first got out of high school, we'd have two super soakers um, up on the wall by the front door. So as you came in, we would hand them to guests so that if the dog got rowdy, you could like <laughs> tame the dog. <laughs> So that's really the only experience I have with, like, water guns in the house. Um, and we don't have guns. As far as I know, there's no guns in my Airstream. And I was thinking, though, my dad went to West Point, and he was an ROTC and all that. So we must have had guns in the house when we were kids, and I just didn't know about it. Do you have any rememberings on that, Dr. Blythe?
3: Um. I don't remember if we had like rifles and stuff like that from dad's stuff. I think maybe he kept them at our grandfather's house um, because he went to World War Two. Um, so I think maybe his West Point memorabilia and ROTC kind of stuff was at my grandfather's house. Um, but I remember when Susan got a gun, um, but before that, I have no recollection of having guns in the home or where they were. But I remember when mom got a gun after we were robbed and, um, we, she was just divorced. Um, that like. I remember her telling us like, this is gun, this will kill you. Don't touch it. This is, you know, to protect us since we were just robbed. Um, But I don't remember beyond that. I just knew don't touch it. And I had no curiosity for it at all, which I think is unusual for a child. But I think I was like 13 at the
0: time or like 11. I don't know. Okay. Well, Caitlin, we just started talking about getting in fights um, with parents. That's what Mama Dee was talking about. But then Dr. Blythe is going to catch us up on the incident with the neighbors. So, <laughs> which is so hilarious. Oh my God. I'm going to somehow try and put the, the, I don't know how I'm going to do this on the podcast, but like show the picture that she did for her Facebook post because it is so hilarious. My dad and I are both crying.
3: So I don't know if you guys are friends with Rowan um, to have seen it, but it's one of those bitmojis and um, I kind of made it in like, I don't know, 2012. It's old. And I was scrolling through photos because I was going to post about something like really sentimental about the day that we had with Mother's Day, et cetera, et cetera. And then this whole incident goes down. So then I get back to my phone and I'm still scrolling through the videos or the photos. And I see the bitmoji with my purple hair and one of those like foam, you know, kind of when you go to the, the, games you know it's supposed to be a big foam finger but instead it's a fuck you finger and it says F U you on it like that team F U. you um because i was so mad so like just to keep it short um we live in the east end parking is like a huge problem here um and our next door neighbors have like six cars and all the driveways here are like one driveway. You know, there's no garages. You have like one little strip and you just make it work. Um, And we live on a very busy street that since they've done changes to I-45, everybody uses our street as a feeder. So like even the Greyhound, the Megabus, all of them go down our street. So it's packed. It's absurd. So parking is an issue around here. And the next door neighbors figured out we have three cars just every day and then we have visitors and stuff like that so we figure it out Um, but we have a neighbor across the street who has tenants and they bought their house like two years ago Um, and the people who owned it before the tenants would just park in their yard a lot of people park in their yard here like that's just making it work Um, but then when they started having tenants they would park in front of our house I be mean, like, look, that was really irritating. My sister is a midwife. She is like coming and going at two, three, 4 a.m. wandering around looking for her car. You know, like I'm not going to have it in the East End. So um, Rowan was real kind and went and told him and said, Hey, I got my license. I'm legit. La la la. If you ever have any pregnancy questions, ask me, but uh, could you move your fucking car? Don't park in front of our house. Have your tenants not park here. You have a driveway, make it work, not a problem. But she was very kind. Um and then uh last Sunday night we get home from the beach. It was a rough day. Like we thought we were doing okay. And then like around noon, our mood like hit rock bottom. And I just looked at her, I was like, we gotta go to the beach. And she's like but i'm on call and i was like oh and i was like well you can ask and they both were like go so we went to the beach we come home feel a lot better way more zen although the car didn't start so we got i got jumped you know what was like whatever, it's cool so we pull up in front of the house and there's this big fancy new volvo blocking the whole front of the house like if you park a certain way you can fit both cars between the driveways which is what we do often we make it work um, but they're in the middle and so Rowan pulls up, like I just get out of the car and I have her pull up as close as she can so we don't block the neighbor's driveway more than just enough, like they can make it work. And I'm like, as soon as people leave, wherever they are, we'll move up, you know, and everybody who parks in front of my car or our house probably for the last year has got an orange piece of paper. So I write on the na- the piece of paper, like my mom, she was a note writer, letter writer. I always see my mom like that, like that typing away. And so I write like, don't park here where, you know, my husband's a medic. I'm a psychologist, sister's a birth worker, midwife. Like we got to go. Don't park here. Not my problem. Park where you visit, where you stay. Don't park here. And so they, um, they get a letter just like everybody. And then I'm laying in bed, meditating, trying to fall asleep after a big heavy day, 1040 at night, bam, 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 bam. My front door. I'm like naked in bed with my puppy. No lights are on you know, chilling, Brad's at work. And so then I'm like, is this happening? And then I thought it was the next door neighbors that we were kind of blocking their driveway. So I thought, well, maybe I should get up. Bam, 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 bam. I'm like, damn, put all the dogs away, go out front, put on clothes, obviously open the door. And like, I haven't even opened the door and it's this lady and her husband and she's real mousy and she's wearing like this 1950s dress. And she's like, are you aware of the conversation that uh, we had with your sister? Where is your sister? I was like, my sister's asleep. It's 1040 at night. She's a midwife. She's on call. How can I help you? You know, like real chill. And then um, she's just like, well, your car is touching our car. And I was like, oh, that's your car. And she's like, yes, it was only three hours. That's my mother's car. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I wish she wouldn't park there. You know, like I'm just trying to be really cool. And she just goes further and further into this mentality of victim. And then I don't even remember all how it kind of happens, but she just gets really gross and slimy. And then she cusses. Like I'm real chill. I'm really mindful of people, right? And their words, obviously. So when she cussed, it was over. Um, you know, like you're going to get it. And, uh, she just started going crazy. And then she was just like telling me how her mom, um, like, this is on mother's day. How could we have this on mother's day? I was like, every day, lady, don't park in front of my house any day, not mother's day, not Halloween, not Christmas. Don't park here. You know, and she's just like, and her husband's like trying to get her to leave. And so then they start walking away. Oh, she threatens to call the cops. And she's like, next time we'll call the cops. I was like, no, next time do it now. Let's just do it now. And she's like, well, we'll do it next time. I was like, no, let's call now. Like this is the East end people in the East end are not going to come over because my sister's car is touching your car. I promise you. And then she's just like, her husband was like, well, we're just going to start parking in front of your house. I was like, great. I'll start parking in your yard. I'm like 13 at this point. And then he's like, well, we'll tow your car. And I was like, well, if towing were a thing in the East end, your car would not be out front of my house. And he's like, Oh shit. This bitch, she's got it. She knows what's up. So then they start walking away. I'm like still standing in the door. I haven't even opened the little screen door. Um and she's just like, I can't believe you would be this way on Mother's Day of all days. My mother was just diagnosed with cancer. And I look at her and I was like, My mother's dead. And she's like, Well, good for you. And I was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. So I go inside, I shut the door, I get my shoes because I don't want to get parasites. So I always leave the house without shoes or with shoes, put my shoes on, grab my wallet. go outside and I'm like, let's call the cops right now. I have my wallet. And she's like, you want me to take a picture of your driver's license? I was like, no, I want you to call the police, 911. And she's like, well, I can get your driver's license information. I'm like, I'm sure you can. The internet is a big place. Call the police she's like, and they're over there taking pictures. And um, then her dad comes around. It's her parents' car. Her dad comes around. And he's like, I parked this way to, you know, by the law, five feet from the curb. I was like, Oh, that's great. And then he touches me. And I was like, I stepped back and I was like, do not touch me. Like I'm mad. I'm shaking mad. I'm out here with my wallet threatening to call the, or having them call the police. I was like, just call the police. This is out of control. You white people. Um, And so then they were just like, well, you know, and so the dad and the mom get in the car and they leave and they were like, I had such a lovely day. They're like, Oh, I don't know. It was absurd. So they finally leave. I pull up the car because of course I want to not block my neighbor's driveway. And I go inside and I text Rowan. It's like by 11 at this point, this all went down in like 20 minutes. And I know she's asleep and I'm like, dude, just had a huge fight with the neighbor so, and you should see the text like me 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 me. So, while I was texting her, that's when I posted the picture of the FU. So, that took way too long. I apologize, but that is the big story of me like most of the time I'm very calm. Like I got this, I can stay super chill, but on Mother's Day, my mother's dead, it's been a shitty day. I just got home from the beach. I was in the bed meditating with my dog. It's not the day. Today is not the day. And they were lucky they got me. Had Rowan answered the door? Mm-mm. Okay, that's it. So don't pick a fight with Dr. Blythe. That is the moral of the story.
0: Not on Mother's Day. Um, so Tiffany and Peach, what we're doing is, uh, we haven't even started talking about tr- sleep transitions. We're talking about getting in fights with other parents or neighbors or anything like that. Mama D shared about how she got into it over water guns with uh some other parents who are like we had water guns we're fine but she has guns in her house and they have a respectful attitudes towards guns that's you know that can be diffused by water guns plus you know, everybody has their own choice around guns and gun safety and what they feel comfortable playing with so Page or tiffany any recent fights with parents or neighbors or about guns or anything
4: so uh not recent, recent, but like last year we were being harassed by a neighbor. Um, he was off his meds, drinking, like all that stuff. And uh, it got to the point where like, I couldn't go home at night without being scared because he would pop out of the bushes at me in my driveway. Like it was crazy. And uh, I woke up one morning last November Um, and my phone had like these, you know, the news alerts and, uh, it showed like son kills father in spring. Well, spring is big, right? And I didn't hear, like, I didn't know anything. So I look at it and it said Meadow Hill court. I live on Meadow Hill drive, but I thought that's the bougie side of Meadow Hill, like on the other side of 2920. I go open my window in the kitchen to start my coffee and we are behind police tape. Sorry, I'm picking up my water burger. Whataburger. Uh, spicy ketchup, anyway, so open up, we're behind police tape and there's police and it was, um, my neighbor had been shot and killed by his son. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and the last fight that we had, or argument, or confrontation, or whatever, um, was because he hung a Confederate flag next to our fucking house. Uh,
0: and wait, when, PJ, PJ, for yeah. the folks who are listening now, tell them why that's not going to work for you. I mean, like, he, husband- it's not going to work for any of us, but especially you. Tell me.
4: My husband has some extra melanin in his skin. Um, yeah, my husband's black, uh, and the HOA and the police had tried to get involved with his Confederate flag, and his response was, I know the black man that owns that house. It's fine. Yeah. So, no, uh, dude.
0: Eddie, no, no, it's not. Eddie, it's not.
4: <laughs> like, Eddie doesn't get offended by anything um but yeah that it rubbed him the wrong way just a little bit um but yeah we were we were it was a scary morning we had reporters and stuff at our door like every five minutes uh trying to get a story and I I like yelled at every single one of them and I was like I'm a funeral director and I believe in respect for the family, and I'm not gonna give you, like, the scoop on this family, like, that's that, and they, one of them was like, well, did you know that he had a Confederate flag hanging up, and I was like, oh, mm -mm, no, we had no idea, didn't know, yeah, anyway, so that was our, our neighbor scuffle. Dude.
0: Okay, I'm going to mute you, honey. Well, Confederate flag, like, I don't know, who fuck puts that up anymore, and who thinks that's okay? Well, I guess the neighbor, um, but yeah, that's, that's not ever going to be okay. All right, Tiff, or, uh, well, I guess PJ talked. Tiff, you want to check in with us and tell you how you're doing?
5: Okay, can you hear me? I'm on my phone, so I don't know if I'm doing this right. Um, uh, A couple weeks ago, we were at Goodwill, and Willow was just not really feeling it at the time. I think Barry's parents were in town, and she wanted to be carried. So I was just holding her, carrying her around the store, and there was an employee who was coming up, and she just really thought Willow was cute. That's fine, but there's no need to touch her. She's trying to, like, touch her face, tickle her, and Willow is straight up saying no. So I was like, please don't do that. We're walking around, looking at other things. We encounter the same woman, and she goes to tickle her, and I said, she doesn't like it. Don't touch her, and walked away. And then, like, from then on, I was like, wherever this woman is, I am not, and if we're done here, I'm done. We can leave. Because that was, like, you are a stranger and there is no need to be touching my child. You can, you know, say hi, wave, ask for a high five, something like that. Please don't tickle my kid. I don't know you. That's about it. Other than that, I haven't really had that many, like, other parent interactions that have, um, you know, touched that nerve.
0: hey, y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk afterbirth style. Transitions. All right, let's talk about that. Who wants to start?
5: Um, I'll give uh, our experience
1: real fast uh, because I know we only have a little time left. Um, So when we lived in New York, um, we co-slept with Um, our first daughter Aya who is now four um, or about to be four and uh, she moved to the crib I think when she was like four months but she was still in our room and then she moved into her own room uh, when she was like nine months and that was so hard I mean it was even really hard just transitioning her out of our bed into the crib because I kind of like fell into that she needs to fall asleep deep sleep and then put her down um, or she'd wake up and cry and then had to put her on the breast again. And I, it was really hard for me because then I'm like breastfeeding three times, really just pacifying her to fall asleep. Um, so we did the cry it out method and it really sucked, but it worked. It took us three days to do it. And I had to, I actually had to like prepare my husband for it. It wasn't really me that had a hard time with it. It was my husband who had a really hard time with it and he would always want to go pick her up and he was not okay with it. And I really have to tell him, like, this is for my sanity. Like, I really need this. So we need to be a team together. You need to do whatever you need to do to to not hear her cry. Like, go put your headphones in, go watch a basketball game, go to the living room. But, like, I need this to work. Um, And uh, and I did. It it worked for us within three days. She was falling asleep on her own and not crying anymore. Every time, every night, she would cry, like, a little less and less. But I did it to where it was, like... um, I'd put her down, let her cry for seven minutes, and then I'd go comfort her until she stopped. But I would never pick her out of the crib, pick her up. Like, i just comfort her in the crib, like, patting her or talking to her. Um, And so, yeah, that that worked for three days. So second baby, I was like, this can't happen. (laughs) Don't want it to happen. And she was actually out of her bed a lot faster than the first Um, she's, we co-slept with her for about a month and then she moved into a bassinet next to our bed. And then at six months or seven months, I'm sorry, I put her in her own room and she actually, she just, she slept the whole night. No problem. Like completely weaned herself from night feeding that first night. So that was kind of a, a blessing. I was like, I have no idea how that happened, but yeah, she and ever since then she sleeps through the whole night like no issues unless she's sick or has a tooth coming in or something like that but uh she's also the one who weaned herself uh, whereas my first one Aya, I weaned her off of the breast milk and then and Aya the second did it her on her own um so yeah but it's always and then we did the transition where we put the girls in the rooms together where they slept together in one room And I was really nervous about that transition, but it ended up being that they really needed each other more than I thought. And one wouldn't really go to sleep without the other. So, you know, if A was like out with her dad late or something, you know, they did like a father daughter thing on their own. And I put an A down, she really wouldn't go to sleep until her sister got into the room and it was time to go to bed. Um, I put them together in bed it was right after we got back from singapore and it was actually it was actually because i made that decision because we had gone to singapore we were all sleeping in one room as a family so the girls were going down together and and um so anaya had just turned one and Aya was two when we put them in the rooms together and uh anaya the youngest still sleeps in a crib and A sleeps in, like, a twin bed right now. And so I'm thinking we'll transition her into a toddler bed um, when the, when this next baby needs the crib, which I'm guessing will be in, like, six months. So that's the plan.
0: That was pretty good, uh, comprehensive uh, step-by-step there. That was good. How about you, Tiff? What's going on there?
4: Um.
5: So we co-slept and they've been in cribs and toddler beds, but really the most beneficial transition for everyone has been the two of them sleeping in a queen size bed together. Um, We didn't really like plan on that as a vision for the family, but it kind of just happened. Um, I think it was two years ago when we were on vacation They were sleeping together um, because we were all sleeping in the same bed. So in hotels or staying at friends' houses or whatever, you know, we were co-sleeping with them. And when we got home from vacation, we blew up the queen-size air mattress and continued that so that there was not really a skip in that transition, like being on vacation and co-sleeping was helpful. And then we wound up just getting their, they, we got a new bed and they got our old bed. So, um, that was also helpful because mom and dad needed our own new space. And, um, with the moving that we've done recently and in the future, because we're moving in four weeks again, um, I think it will be helpful for them to get rest that way because they know that they sleep next to each other. They know that they go to bed at the same time. So there's not really any kind of like big hiccups right now in our sleep situation. And I think it's because they they co-sleep together. So, yeah, that's kind of been, like, the situation since Lily was two and a half and Willow was about to turn two.
0: And do you plan on keeping them in the same bed, like, indefinitely or the same room? or?
5: So. Um, yes, they share share the room and probably the same bed until, I'm guessing, maybe Lily might grow out of that situation sooner and just want to be in our own bed um but for now it works and they like it and i think we're just going to go with that until one of them protests
0: got it sounds good and how about you caitlin are you, do your kids have separate rooms or what's the situation there
2: they are in separate rooms. They were very different. Skyler, from week one we had to do uh, cry it out when he was like seven days old. It was awful because he wouldn't fall asleep when he was held. He wouldn't fall asleep if he nursed. He wouldn't fall asleep any anyway. We actually learned he just needed to be alone and mm-hmm. he has been that way pretty much his entire life. He just he has to fall asleep by himself. And I sat outside and I cried at the door as he cried. Um, I remember just like my mom was there and Nathan were there and I was just sitting outside the door crying because I had done everything I could and it just wasn't working. So ever since then, he falls asleep pretty much by himself. Now he's wanting us to stay and read him books and like do more and stay and snuggle, but not for uh, very long. He pretty much falls asleep reading a book now, Um, but he had to be by himself. Uh, Atlas, we kept in our room for, I think, eight or nine months um in like a pack and play before we moved him and we actually realized that he was waking up a lot more uh just because he was near me and we just had our floors redone and we had to have him in a pack and play in our room and he was up three times in the night just because I was in the same room so like if he stirred he could see my bed and was like that's where mom is and he was then up ready to go. Like, hey, mom, why am I not in the bed with you? And I'm like, because I don't want you in bed with me. Um, but so and then once he's back in his room, we're back to sleeping um, again by himself. He's really easy to put down. You ask him if he's ready to be put down and say yes and be done. Um, but the we had to do cry it out with him also because at one point it was, we were 16 months in I think and he was still waking up one or two times a night and I was exhausted and I couldn't do it anymore and so my husband was like you just have to turn off the monitor and if he's crying so loud that you can hear him then you can get up and get him but otherwise you've got to just let him figure this out so that he can sleep through the night because I was I couldn't do it anymore so but now we're there.
0: All right. When uh, I married Carolyn, Rose was still in and out of Carolyn's bed. And by then she was like four, but her dad had died. So like, I think it was a response to trauma more than anything, wanting to stay in her parents' bed for a super long time. Um, and eventually she grew out of it, and it was cool, but I think we let her have her own pace, and then we also put, like, a fish aquarium in her bedroom, and did some things to make it so that she didn't feel quite so lonely and stuff, so that was one thing that we did with her, so that's what I got. Well, anybody else have many things to say about sleep transitions, about future um, challenges they might see, or I don't know, anything else we got on this one?
2: Um, when we transitioned Skyler from the crib to the toddler bed, he had a really tough time with that. And we just had to put a, um, safety doorknob on the other side. Cause otherwise he would try and get out of bed and he could open the door and just start moving too much. Um, so we ended up having to do that. And, uh, again, we just had to do cry it out with him. It, like, I think he was too, cause he would just want to like be out with us all night. And if you don't force him to stop, he will just keep going. Um, He's like a freaking energizer bunny. Um, so we had to do that. And then Atlas, um, we're going to transition him once he can climb out of the crib. Because um, otherwise, we see no reason to do it yet. Um, but getting him to a toddler bed, I'm really excited to do that also. But I don't know how that's going to go yet. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, we, uh, with the transition to the toddler bed, I actually waited, I had bought the bed for Aya, and she was still in the crib when her sister was born, and then when she was ready, she was like, I want to sleep in this bed, I don't want to sleep in the crib anymore, that's for a baby, and I was like, okay, let's let's do the bed then, and um, nights were great, like she actually, she won't get, because I, I don't put a nightlight in the room or anything like that, so she won't get out of the bed, because she can't see, and we have blackout curtains, Um, but naps were really hard because, um, she'd want to get out or she'd play in her room. And then that was okay for me though, because then she learned, okay, it's like one hour or an hour and a half of me time. And so I'll play in the room by myself if I'm not, if I don't want to nap and I won't bother mommy because that's her time outside of the room. Um, but it took us a while to get there. Um, so now she naps but I I put the the girls when they nap together at home I put them in two separate rooms or else they'll keep each other awake during the day and like they won't nap they'll just play whereas at night they really can't see each other and they'll talk and sing to each other but uh they eventually fall asleep so
0: I like that part about the sing and talk to each other (laughs) Tiff do you have anything
5: Oh, Willow still talks about the crib, like she asks where it is, because when we transitioned to them sleeping in one bed, we sold the crib, like everything, the crib, the mattress, the sheets and everything, and it had a changing table on the side, and they were treating it like a play area. They would climb up the changing table and into the crib, and the two of them would jump in it like it was a trampoline. So I could not wait to get that thing out of there. But she still asks about it. Sometimes like first thing in the morning, she'll be like, but where's my crib? And I'm like, that is so long ago. You don't need a crib. You have a big bed. You have your own pillow. You don't need a crib. You're not a baby. (laughs) And I'm actually really kind of like relieved to hear that there are other moms who do cry it out because It's such like a a vilified um, parenting practice that it's almost, it's one of those elephant in the room topics where people don't talk about it or, and moms and parents don't admit that they do it. So hearing that it is still done in practice kind of like, doesn't make me feel so bad when I do it.
0: Perfect. That's why we're here to support each other. Yeah. All righty. Well, we're at 1150. Does anybody have anything that they want to bring up our last minute? Luettas want to say anything in the last couple of minutes here that they need to get off their chest or talk about? In 12 step, we call that a burning desire. Oh, and we need a topic for next time.
1: Um, So Real fast, I I'm 37 weeks next week, and I um, yay yeah, it's go time. Um, my babies tend to be birth within that 37 weeks. Um, and I I had like I had this conversation with my husband like a long time ago, and he was like, "Babe, hey, let's not worry about that. Like we're not even close to your delivery." Please be quiet. I'm talking right now. It's outside. And um,
4: anyways, I. anyways I, I was having this conversation with my husband like I really want to
1: I want to have 24 hours of family time after birth and I don't want anybody here um because last time that's what happened everyone came over and they all wanted to see the baby while I was being stitched up on my bed and I hadn't even taken a shower and her sister hadn't even been introduced to her baby sister because she was at like the grandparents while she was being born. And, um, so I had that talk with my husband last night and I was like, I really need you to take charge in that. And you talk to your family about, you know, respecting that we just need time. And, um, I really felt like, you know, like I felt guilty asking him that, but then I'm like, why do I feel guilty? Like, that's like a stupid thing to feel guilty about. Like, that's, my time you know but then he kind of like he didn't he respected he was like I understand like you know we'll see how things go and you're right but he also reminded me that you know you never know how it goes with birth right I mean I may need everybody here to help me with the girls I don't know and he's right too but um anyways yeah so I had that talk last night and I'm still nervous about that about everyone kind of holding it against me that I want my alone time after birth and not them not seeing their first grandson.
2: I think it's better that you set the boundary now and just say, you know what, we'll see how it goes. Um, Let's not call everybody until we're ready, whether that be 24 hours or 22 or, you know, six, you know, it's completely up to you guys and how you feel and all of it. So you know saying you know at 24 hours you know or just see how we feel but don't call everyone right away I think is it's important too because I was the same I was like don't I I don't want everybody here (laughs) all the people I needed were right there for right now it's okay so it's better to set the boundary now and change the time frame than it is to not set the boundary with no time frame in it you
0: get something something that you didn't want
2: (laughs) yeah totally agree I
0: agree I wanted to throw out here too that um, you can always hide in the bedroom and not come out right like you can be antisocial you can be in the bedroom you can tell your husband nobody in the bedroom they want to come over or whatever that's fine but nobody in the bedroom and you can say imagine that you had a great huge poop and you tore and somebody had to do stitches on your butthole and you hadn't taken a shower and you're exhausted because it took you you know eight hours to make this huge poop and uh you're exhausted and you just want to be by yourself and you don't want all your family members coming over and like trying to talk to you and stuff because you're exhausted so you know like put it on them, like this is how my body feels you know, like I need this recovery time, I'm a little bit older, this is my third kid, I need to have time with my baby, I don't need to feel exposed and open, and everybody like frothing at the door, so they can come see me, while I'm still getting repairs on my bottom, how would you feel, and like, you know what, I would be the biggest freaking bitch ever, and then later you'd be like, oh, it's pregnant, I'm sorry, you know, or whatever, but like I haven't really like, think for a minute how does that feel on somebody's body so it's not only emotionally that you're wanting to bond with your baby and like be connected but also this is a significant um, this is a a significant physical event not only just a mental and emotional event but actual physical event and who wants to have a bunch of people over when your body's like still recovering you know there's a time for that and the time is not when the first 24 hours so I support you in having this boundary
2: also, I just want to say, Meghan Markle. Um, props to her for standing up to the entire royal family for saying, "I'm not bringing my baby out the same day. I'm bringing my baby out two days later, and the rest of you can f off." <laughs> so, you know, same thing, right? She she set that boundary because she wanted to- she wanted two days to like hold her baby, get stitched up, feel better about like all of it, you know. So, it's allowed.
1: And she still wore heels. And out. she still wore heels. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, okay, I can get a white dress and you know, you got good depends, but heels?
2: Right. Oh, right? The expectations of her. Anyway, so props to her for standing up for what she needed too. So, yeah, we can all stand up
0: for what we need. right. Thanks, Megan, for role modeling that to us. Okay, picking our topic for next week. What do we want? Or for two weeks? Who's got something on their mind that we want to look at together? And we won't be taking it on the road to your house, Adila. Hey, what's up? We're all reporting in from Adila.
4: I'm out of ideas. I have no idea. Trying to deal with my toddler crying right now.
1: She needs to go down for her nap.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Caitlin says she'll be just getting back from Iceland. Tiff, you won't be moving then, right? You'll still have, you'll still be here. Okay, cool. All right. Well, one thing I do want to visit is belly binding and stuff. So we can put that on for um, a possible topic. Um, But... If you have your baby or whatever, are you planning on being here? Um, if you're if you're still pregnant, Mama D.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. to check in after I give birth, or whether I'm still pregnant. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll be here either way.
0: Okay. Well, why don't we talk about um, postpartum practices? Okay. So let's just make that like you know the that first two weeks um, window postpartum practices, and just go from there. So some best care postpartum practices. Does that seem okay? All right. That's what we'll do. And so some of that would be like placenta encapsulation and, um, setting boundaries with families. What are you eating? Different kind of traditions, stuff like that. So like that first two to six weeks, and then we can expand from there as needed. Okay. All right. Well, good job, everybody. Um, I'm able to see on anchor how many people are downloading. So some of ours are getting like 30 downloads. Some are one. Okay. But, um, That's how it is. And it's okay. And anyway, I wanted to say that. Well, Caitlin, lots of um, snaps for you on your Iceland trip. And are you still planning on doing the weaning when you go to Iceland?
2: Yes, I am. I'm, I'm all done. Like he keeps asking like once, maybe once a day, but we've gotten two or three day stretches now that he's not asking or that I'm not allowing. So we're, we're there. And it's, this is just going to be the final kick. So
0: cool. Excited. Like when I was actually listening to the weaning podcast and editing it, somebody, somebody texted me and said, um, like I'm fixing to go to Chicago and I don't want to bring my breast pump and should I wean now and the baby's a year year and a half and I'm really ready and I was like girl I got you I got you I got this podcast you know and so then she listened to it and like she listened to it like right then and she goes I am this woman this woman who is going to Iceland this is me and so like we're already helping somebody it was a former doula client so like that you know, our work is actually helping people and, and that's what we want to support each other. So, but that was funny. It was like, no, 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 I don't even have to type all this shit out. I just need to give you a podcast link. Yes.
2: That's so awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to, oh, I forgot to order cabbage leaves on my grocery pickup today. Shit. Okay. <laughs> cabbage leaves.
0: All right. Cabbage leaves. All righty. All right. Love you guys tremendously. Let's all unmute each other, unmute ourselves, and then we'll see each other in two weeks. But I love you very much. Love
1: y'all. Thanks. For love you guys. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: bye. So, good luck
1: Adila if you're going hey. to labor. Thanks. Hey, all nice. those good vibes. Yeah, I'll let y'all know for sure.
0: <laughs> okay. Love, love, love. Bye.
4: Love, bye. bye. <gasps>